your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, uh, it's really awful. <laughs> are back it's been a while welcome to the lutheran stuff no drama podcast i'm pastor hoffman and with me is zach lesher say hello zach hey everyone so here we are in the thick of it it's not only did we we didn't podcast last week and that's my fault because uh my school had a wonderful spring concert and it was awesome but uh we're back, and it's Mother's Day today, so by the way, did you tell your mother that you love her, Zach? I did, I did, but she didn't show up to church this morning, so when I called her, I said, look, woman, uh, <laughs> I, I do it like Jesus did it. Why do you bother me with these things, woman? Uh, not in a derogatory sense, you know, more of a cheerful place. As I said, look, woman, if you don't come to church, you don't get a... a a blessing and a hug. So I said, <laughs> I'm going to do you a solid this time and give you a call. And uh, But next time, make sure you're there. Oh, man. My mom is, uh, she's up in Washington. So I did give her a phone call. And she had, she had good stories about church today. So um, she made it in. And plus, uh, they got some shindiggery uh, planned, I guess, up there. So to all the mothers that listen to this podcast... Thank you for being a wonderful blessing and a gift, uh, and I, we pray that you have a wonderful Mother's Day. Yes, we totally appreciate you. No man would be where he's at without a good mother and a good wife behind him. Sure. So, thank you. As we were having our Mother's Day lunch, I was sitting there with my mother-in-law, my wife, and my two boys, and I said... You know, on behalf of all three of these guys, we're all happy that you guys are here. <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't for my mother-in-law, I wouldn't have my wife. So, you know, then I'd be just, oh, I can't even tell you. So, as we get going today, we're, we're actually moving into something uh, as far as we're still in the book of Romans and we're in chapter 8. And chapter 8 is rather lengthy, and it's got a lot of stuff to deal with. So before we started the podcast, Zach and I talked it over a little, and we decided that we're going to have uh, Romans 8a this week and 8b next week. So we'll be going through verse 17 today, and we'll, we'll finish 18 to 39 next week. So that way, that even though we do like to do a quick run over this is just too much to even try to do a quick run over so um with that being said uh we'll no further ado um we'll start off and I'll, I'll read this and then we'll start to discuss it and if you're again we go by the outline as found in the lutheran study bible and so if you have a lutheran study bible that's what we're reading out of and uh, we invite you to read along uh, we begin with verse uh, chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, St. Paul writes, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law awakened by the flesh could not do. 
by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit for those who live according to the flesh set in their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. That's through verse 11 and where we are so far. Um, so here we have it. Now, there is so much. You could live off this. Oh, yeah. Um, so when we talk about condemnation uh, in Christ Jesus, we start talking atonement. We start talking about what does it mean that we say Christ died and rose. So this is actually great. And Paul also plays a little bit of a a devil's advocate for the Greek philosophers out there because when a Christian talks about the flesh and the spirit he's not talking about what Plato says in the flesh and the spirit because flesh and the spirit for the Greek philosopher is the exact same person in two different states of being but for Paul the flesh is all the things of old Adam and the spirit has to do with actually the spirit of God the Holy Spirit who gives us faith and the Spirit of Christ is the life we have. So he's doing a little bit of um, he's doing a little bit of a dissing on <laughs> on the heathen. So uh, Paul, but of course he's he's educated with all that, so he knows it very well. Well, and we learned snark from Paul. He's the artist. He's the original snarker. So oh, snarky. That's where we get. That's where we get our snark from. Is is from Paul. Yeah, snarky as <laughs> the days long. I'll tell you. And he's smart, really, really smart. And so that kind of snarkiness is deadly. <laughs> well, let's let's unpack some terms here that might be difficult for people to understand. So Paul says the law of the spirit. Uh, this would go back to the Torah, right? The the teaching of the spirit not necessarily law as in law right well you also yeah now you're right and i think that's important to talk about when um when we see the torah and people always translate it as law it it, it also means instruction um and it's law instruction and things like that so it's not always the it's not always the accusing but it is this is saying god is saying this Anytime you say Torah, it's like God is speaking, God is teaching, God is, you know, sometimes he's pronouncing law, but some in the law this way, you'll, you'll hear them saying it is a general term for God saying, I am now speaking, I am talking to you, I'm addressing you. So, 
that it's important to to keep those under understood. The Pelagian would run with this and say, "See the law of the spirit," while ignoring the next line, which says, uh, uh, "The law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law." Yeah. So you can't have it both ways. But isn't the law the gospel, Mister Lesher? <laughs> yeah. If you're a Pelagian, then yes, it is. Absolutely. Uh, and um, so, and also, you don't talk about the law as in the strict version of the law that's setting you free. Um, truly, that isn't what we believe. And the Pelagian is is having a bad day of talking to us. But um, definitely, in Christ Jesus, from the law of sin and death. So now. We're seeing him narrow the law here to say, now we're speaking of laws in Semper Accusat. It's accusing you, it's pointing out your sin, and literally killing you. So, you were now, because a Jewish person doesn't have this dichotomy that a Greek person wants to have. So, when they start talking about the Torah, they're saying, pay attention, what is God saying here? What is he saying here? And uh, for the Greek, they'll hear law and go, you mean like no speeding, no, you know. <laughs> so um, that's really kind of an interesting thing. Um, so, yes, uh, when we move forward here, pay attention to those, like, like uh, you know, in the group the other day, we had, you know, the, the stairway to heaven there. Did you see that from the uh, Church of Christ? Oh, I did not finish reading that, but I was I was thoroughly enjoying it from my phone. But I oh, I, I was all over that one. So <laughs> this is for for you uh, people, and this is not the person who posted, obviously, but uh, the Church of Christ who who says climb your way to heaven. Paul rebukes you here. Yeah. Uh, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending His own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit so right there that throws out the uh climb your way to heaven program right because paul opens up with what the sinful flesh couldn't do god did for you right is that the one that ended with baptism and then, uh, and then, then I think so. Yes, because they they make baptism an ordinance, yeah. right? So it's no longer grace for the Christian uh, or means of grace in which God uh, saves and delivers faith and the forgiveness of sins. No, now it's something you do to merit righteousness. And and to us, we don't, don't really see any difference between uh, them and and Rome. Well, uh, well, Rome has. I, I'm going to argue Rome has a better understanding of baptism. Um, right, I would agree. Even their poor understanding would beat out the uh, uh, Church of Christ's understanding of ordinance. At least they have a somewhat glossable understanding of baptism. Well, they're going to say that you should start off your life uh, as being baptized, and whereas these these Protestants will say. Um, once you're good enough for baptism, I mean, any Roman Catholic is going to spit up their coffee when they hear that. They're, so, and Lutherans, well, we have, we'll get an extra four feet of distance on the, but um, uh, because you can't work your way to where to God's mercy and grace because that's bizarre. 
So yeah, definitely. I I I can. Um, that's what they call a triggered moment for me. And when when the sacraments become just these sort of one more ordinance or one more hoop we have to jump through, it's just ridiculous. Oh uh, yeah, you want to see me see me bare my teeth? Try and take Jesus from me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hit the uh, Hulk smash button on that one. Oh oh, absolutely. Okay, here's my interpretation of um, somebody somebody trying to take Jesus away. Yeah, because the 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 fear is that you know God doesn't can't really work without us. I am a god, you dull creature, and I will not be bullied by that. Puny god. Yeah, so that's a puny <laughs> god that we're, that people are worried about. Yeah, get your puny god of ordinances out of here. Zach doesn't like your puny god. <laughs> so definitely keep him away from it. So, yeah, I mean this whole thing um today in church, uh we're on the we're on the one year and it's Saudi and uh we're next next Sunday will be Pentecost and Jesus is telling them, "Hey, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit." And the Holy Spirit isn't going to make you go gurble, gurble, gurble in church. The Holy Spirit is going to instruct you in the Orthodox faith. And it's always going to point you to Jesus, to the Son, and, you know, all this great stuff. And so it's it's an exciting thing that Jesus would promise the Holy Spirit. And um, and so, yeah, and, and these gifts that God give us that involve the Holy Spirit in this way, it is a disturbing when people try to turn him around. So, yeah, moving forward where he says, uh, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. I think we should clarify to people uh, what, what Paul is saying there. So what does he mean by uh, set their mind on the flesh and also set their mind on the Spirit? Well, when you, anytime we're in the flesh... You're going to be, this is, this is the old Adams, uh, the old Adams territory where he's going, what's in it for me? The flesh is all the things of the fallen and broken world that, that is everything that's against Christ. And, um, and even using the, a, a corner of the Greek philosophical thing, um, the flesh, even to the Greeks were saying, well, that's bad, but well, for a different reason, but whenever we're on the minds of the flesh it's always on our own selfish like luther calls the god of our belly that kind of thing but when you're on the mind of the the things of the spirit um we remember what in fact uh why jesus sent the spirit was to point us to him and the things that whenever we're set our minds on the things of the spirit they're the things of christ and the gifts and his death and resurrection for us and so it's it's not like the Greek version of saying to the perfectness of self, but to saying on all of the good things God has done for us and for our salvation. Right on. And, and John will say in the spirit. Now, evangelicals uh, make some kind of moo-ju-ju-ju-jumble and, and say, see, I'm in the spirit, and then proceed with something that's not spirit. 
spiritual at all. Uh, some kind of uh, nonsense like uh, babbling and saying it's tongues or uh, false prophecy, etc. If, if you're in the spirit, you're reading scripture, you're praying, you're well, going to church, you are uh, taking uh, the, the Holy Supper, you're remembering your baptism, you're doing works from faith. That's in the spirit. That's the mindset on the spirit. Sure, and and you make a good point about being in the in church, being around the Word and sacraments. When um, and CFW Walther remarked on this once, even when Luther was debating with Zwingli, and he told him that on these fifteen points of doctrine, which Zwingli caved on fourteen of them, and said he wouldn't cave on the Lord's Supper and the true presence, Luther said to him. Well, then we're of a different spirit, meaning for for him to to be this obtuse about a clear witness of Scripture. Luther was telling him, I don't know where you're getting your faith from, but it isn't from the Holy Spirit. He's saying you're of a different spirit. So, you know, when yep, totally. It becomes hard. And for you guys out there, uh, uh, that's important to note that Zwingli at least held to baptismal regeneration where calvin denied both well you got um you got to uh he was well again in those 15 articles it was him saying well i'll concede i'll concede and you'll notice luther throughout this is saying okay well here's the truth you gotta bend you gotta give up on this so he would and then he said, I broke on 14 points. You can't break on one. And Luther's going, no, I'm not going <laughs> to break Luther, on Luther's it. Luther's standing there saying est means est, right? Yeah. Is means is. I know. It's just, you know, you cannot do theology by committee or by democracy. That is not how it works. You do theology yeah, no, by confession. The church was down to eight people at one point. We're not given one point on our confession. <laughs> Here we stand. We can do no other. So help us, God. Absolutely. Amen to that. And so, you know, when you have these things that people, like in the great ecumenical period in America, shortly after the World War II, it was about churches going, well, Let's agree to disagree on that so that we can be together. And I was like, together? You keep using that word. I don't think it Yeah, maybe we don't want to be with you. You know, that's why we kind of started the LCMS is to get away from the ELCA. You know, we don't want to be in fellowship with you if you're going to deny uh, what the scriptures teach. Well, literally, we didn't want to be part of the Prussian Union. Um, I mean, the king of, of Germany or Prussia was trying to unite the reformed Prussians with the Lutherans, which he did. And guess what? You ended up with a reformed church in Germany that had Lutheran on the door. But the 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 Lutherans came here and said, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to give up on one uh, jot or tittle. And and so, you know, that's kind of our history. We are sort of born out of out of confession and so maybe that and we have that reputation for some it's a good reputation and others it's a bad reputation i don't care as long as they know our reputation is isn't uh doctrinal winds blowing sets the sets the tone well and that's a great point we're born out of confession not out of confusion boom we're gonna coin that yeah so um uh i would have no problem 
you know, I mean, like when I was in the LCA, there was there was always some question about whether it was good to be Lutheran or not or something, you know, oh, well, I mean, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Christian first and I'm a Lutheran second. And I would say, well, that doesn't make sense because aren't Lutherans Christians? And they would say, well, yeah. And, uh, and so when I say I'm a Lutheran first, it means that what I believe, teach, and confess is primary to my Christian faith and life. And if you tell me I'm a Christian first, well, I don't even know what that means. Can tell me your yeah, confession. I, I would say that I'm just confessing the faith that my fathers confessed. Mm-hmm. The same faith, which is Christ Jesus built upon the prophets and the apostles, Christ being the cornerstone. That's it. That's all that means. Yep. Nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here. I mean, yeah, there's, again, Lutherans don't look for something new. And when you start to look for something new, it's, it, well, you don't, you don't want to be around anybody that says, hey, I've got a new idea for Christianity. Jeez, I'm an idiot. You know, you, you just want to <laughs> stay away from that. And uh, for sure. So uh, as we look here to keep on track, because I guarantee you, I, I am Johnny off track. So... Well, let me make a note before we keep reading. For you guys who keep asking, well, how do I know I'm safe? Well, how do I know I'm safe? We're talking about the mindset on the flesh and the mindset on the spirit. So pay, atten- uh, pay attention to what Pastor Hoffman is about to, to read here from uh, Holy Scripture. So, And then we'll take it from there. Well, we're on verse... Let's see, you read through verse 6? Yep, verse 6. Verse, so... For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit of, is, uh, is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And I think we need a boom or something. Because, boom! Uh, yeah, <laughs> boom! <laughs> because the truth of the matter is... Uh, and here's where we really Lutherans are lousy at being Pelagians here is because St. Paul is saying, look, if if these things from God are with you, then that means God has brought you with him. And so instead of if instead of it being you, you do, you do, you do. It, in other words, if God has done these things for you as witnessed in baptism and things like that, then you have hope. That's your hope. Right on. And, and and the person who says, how do I know I'm forgiven? You know, I just can't be saved. I'm so evil. Well, that's what Jesus came to do, was save us evil people. Because there's not one that's not evil. Uh, Luke eleven thirteen. Jesus says, if, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more 
will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Yeah, um, we definitely. But need a you boom. don't you don't ask the question. How know I'm saved if you're not saved? Because the mind of the flesh doesn't care. Well, it, absolutely. I mean, the old Adam isn't wondering. Uh, um, what you know? What it, about who God is or what God does? So definitely, I'm 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 sitting here fumbling over my words because the truth of the matter is is the Holy Spirit gives these amazing gifts to people who don't deserve them, but God is love and he gives them to us because he loves us, not because we earned them. So it's like giving really good gifts to idiots. And just because we're idiots, it doesn't mean that they're not good gifts. Right on. And we just read a little bit above that, the, that the mind of the flesh is hostile to God and it doesn't submit to God. Right. So, uh, you can't ask, you know, well, how do I know I'm forgiven uh, if you're hostile to God? Yeah. You know, you're actually seeking the gifts of God. You're just not wrapping your mind around the forgiveness. Forgiveness. Giveness. Now I'm stumbling over my <laughs> words. Uh, that's been won for you in Christ. Yeah. I, I, you just can't say enough about it as far as... Um, I, and I think it puzzles Lutherans a lot when... A Christian will say, well, gee, how do I know I'm really saved? Because this is the example of where in the historic church has always had the answer of saying, well, look at this. You are somebody who's baptized. You are somebody who's in the word of God and you're receiving the sacraments. Um, you're saved. Why? Well, because God gave you these things. And for the people that we talk to are the ones who have been away from the word of God. We're saying not not get yourself in order but saying get to god's house so that these gifts that are for you will be delivered but and uh we don't have a problem with fruit checking you can fruit check all you want yeah. as long as it's not your fruit sure. check jesus's fruit for you yeah if you're throwing your shoulder out from patting yourself on the back you're not getting it um so and he says, and this is important too because of the terms. So then, brothers, and this is 12 to 17, uh, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit and uh, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So there's some terms here that are very special to Christians, and I believe... Wait, wait, wait. I'm not, I'm not going to live my best now. Is that what Paul's saying at the end there? Say that again? I said, I'm not going to live my best life now. Is that what Paul's saying at the end there? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> now and not yet. That's the best the Lutheran can ever offer. When, when, when he says, I got to suffer, so I'm not, I'm not living puppies and pancakes. Oh, no. No, no puppies and pancakes for you. No, definitely. This is not, uh, uh, this is definitely not the, 
um, what do you, what is that called? The the um, theology of glory. Yeah, theology of glory. You're not here to. This isn't your best life now, um, unless you think the best you can do now is suffer with Christ. And in reality, as Lutherans, we see that and go, okay. <laughs> but um, uh, it's not to say you're not going to be in a in a big house and with a nice car simply because you're a Christian. That's the opposite of the witness of Scripture to say that you should expect anything like that. I don't. I don't know a day that goes by that I can't stand. Uh, you know, I just can't stand this world. You know, how many. Uh, how many news feeds do you get, uh, you know, from the local news? It's just such wicked things, you know. Yeah. And over time, as you mature as a Christian uh, in, in deeper into God's word, you, know, you, you just see everything for what it is. It's so evil. I, I point to the cracks in the ground, you know, and I'm like, guys, to my kids, I'm like, guys, look, this is because of sin. You see these trees rotting? It's because of sin. You see the weeds growing? You, the reason I got to mow the grass is because of sin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just never stops. Everything's total, totally uh, uh, decaying because mm -hmm. of sin, even our, even our mortal bodies, which Paul said uh, uh, up earlier. You know, the body's dead because of sin but alive because of the spirit. And and so I think in terms of perspective there's a there's if you're if you're looking for this world to be all amazing at all times, well, of course you're going to have a bad day, but St. Paul paints a picture to say, you know what? In this world expect suffering and pain. And when it doesn't happen, hey, you got a minute to rejoice there. But um if it's happening, don't look around and go, what the, you know, it's just, you know, have your perspective ready. And I think that also helps with our witness that if Christians aren't going, what in the world, bad stuff, what's going on? Well, that, that looks silly to us because we're saying, have you read the Bible? <laughs> My two cents to everybody. And, uh, I'm probably the only uh, freak who's going to listen to my own two cents, so <laughs> I may be just echoing here, uh, is go lift weights. Uh, just just keep beating yourself uh, into submission, and uh, it's good discipline. It teaches you to suffer, so uh, when the real suffering comes along, you're well equipped. <laughs> We're well equipped, for sure, to smash. But now, well, and that's just the thing, you can't. So here I am, six foot three, you know, over 300 pounds. You know, I have uh, some world record lifts, and then somebody might say something horrible, and I can't Hulk smash because, as a Christian, Jesus says, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, so I have to uh, walk away if it's just words. Now, don't get us wrong, uh, we believe in equal force. Uh, as Lutherans, so I mean, if it was a threatening situation or something like that, I would have to turn up the heat. But uh, just words, you know, we we kind of got to walk away from that. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're stuck uh, in the weakness of the cross. Uh, that's kind of the last line that Paul's saying there too. You know, that we suffer with him in, in weakness. So, you know, Jesus was spit on, and and they pulled the they pulled the the hair out of his beard. They they you know, let him naked. They mocked him. I mean, so don't think that you're uh, going to get better treatment out there. 
you know, when our Lord, what does Luther say? Uh, my my wo Lord wore a crown of thorns. What makes you think you're going to wear a crown of, of roses? Yeah, that's absolutely true. By the way, yeah, I found out we're the same height. And, uh, really? Yeah. You're six three two. Yep, and I and uh, we weigh the same, but not for the same reason. <laughs> well, you know, you got time. Time is on your side, brother. I'm forty seven, man. Guy in a little coat. Bad guy in a little coat. I've been a. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do the fat guy in a little coat. But, um, you know what we should do is take that, uh, we got about five minutes left, and we see the, um, we see here that there was a question, uh, looks like Chloe Hillerman asked, how would you explain the clarity of scriptures to evangelicals who think it's all about how you interpret the word? So... And and I'm taking this, and of course Chloe is always welcome to um, to correct us. But it sounds to me like she has an experience with these people who say that uh, it's just in how you see the word, or like the old Bible studies, like how does this passage make you feel, versus how we say no. There's a consistent witness to Scripture that lives extra nos outside of us. But rather, it is to inform us. We don't inform it with our feelings and whatnot. Yeah, or the uh, it's just me and my Bible kind of camp. Oh, that's, that is true. That is a camp where all I need is my Bible. Because you know what? If, if you're the pastor of one in the congregation, well, you and the pastor will always agree. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would answer it um, two, two ways. We, we got to split this up because the Pope claims that he speaks uh, everything out of his mouth is divine, right? When he's uh, all set up in his his uh, shindigs there. So, well, only uh, ex cathedra when he's speaking from the chair, not when he's like at the Denny's. Right, right. So when he's all set up there and is is is. Uh, Ugh, his synagogue of Satan, if I may. Oh, knock it uh, off. You're going to get us in trouble. Um, they say that he everything out of his mouth is divine. Now, the evangelical is kind of opposite in that, where they say it's just me and my Bible. Yeah. So, Pastor, how would we respond to uh, both errors? Well, ironically, the Catholics did a pretty funny thing. We talked about this, where they would say, you know what, you reformed, and they always throw Lutherans in it, and we're like, knock it off. But um, they say, you know, you guys, you say you have a beef with us having one bishop over the church who makes all the ecclesiastical decisions on interpretations, and you're all mad at that, and yet you turn around and and Pastor Dave over there has got his floppy Bible, and he and everyone in his congregation have their own interpretations of the Bible, and turning each of them, not just one congregation with a pope, but a congregation full of popes. And so for us, uh, for Lutherans, we look at both of them and say, okay, 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 uh, the... The evangelicals make a good point that um, 
and Luther also followed along with this to say, there's nothing wrong with a pope in and of itself, but the pope has to, uh, has to concede that Christ is the authority in the church and the interpretations of scripture um, historically are the correct ones. And that, and Luther said he would submit to the Pope if he would stop saying that it was the divine mandate that he be the Pope. But of course, that's not going to happen. There'll be, uh, there'll be, uh, what's that called? Um, uh, uh, that what's that that thing you do with in the Olympics where you push the thing and you then you broom, you sweep in front of it, and there'll be curling in hell before that ever happens. And um, and for the evangelicals who say, well, it's just me and my Bible and my own personal revelation. Well, the Lutherans take the exact same issue with them to say, what makes you an authority to overspeak St. John or St. Paul or something like that? So it's not about a, a singular voice in a large church or each singular voice in churches. It's about the consistent historical witness of Scripture over our opinions or political agendas or anything. So that's how we have to deal with both of them, is to admit to ourselves that historically the church has, um, has accepted first century interpretations that don't that don't jive with 20th 21st century america but god never told us they would and just because we don't like it or it's politically incorrect or whatever the truth of the matter is is it's still god's word and so we don't we don't get to play uh we don't get to play uh stretch armstrong with it Right on, and, and I would point to a few texts like uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, where Jesus says, uh, "Baptize and teach." Yeah. Or Acts, what is it? Acts sixteen, where the apostles actually took counsel to see what they were going to do. Uh, none of them said, "Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this." They took counsel together. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews five towards the end says, uh, we're made in Hebrews 6, I think, uh, that, that they should be teachers by now, but again, they need someone to teach them. Um, so it can't just be me and my Bible. Uh, the, the knowledge that I've gained today is by studying not only, but the fathers who have faithfully taught the scriptures, and then lining that up, um, it's, it's a loaded question because then we have to remember there's a, a hermeneutic principle to script. They say something here. It can't contradict over here. Scripture must interpret Scripture and flow with Scripture. So the people, the camp that says, well, it's just me and my Bible, they usually contradict themselves somewhere. And that's where you can see they're not actually uh, right with how they're approaching the Scriptures. And... Uh, uh, just to give an example uh, from our confessions, we're constantly quoting uh, St. Augustine, who was uh, well uh, asleep in Christ, you know, quoting him. So uh, nobody is above a teacher. Uh, so if you think that you don't need someone to teach you, well, you're ignorant in there. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, your phone is getting a little uh, bubbly there. But um, 
definitely you want to be careful with uh with just saying oh i know enough and i mean even in the oregon pastors conference we do continuing education twice a year and that's just all of us together and so when whenever we're uh whenever we're faced with we, i don't know of any lcms pastors who have said well i'm done i've learned everything like that old far side comic teacher my head is full can i go home you know it just doesn't work that way right on and, and uh pastor hoffman and i were talking before the show and i was just telling him about some huge uh couple pastor commentaries not not pastors just uh well they're geared towards pastors but they're commentaries you know from cph the the blue ones it's just you know we never stop learning no. uh, i think luther's got a quote on that too right uh we 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 must be in church much because we forget much or, or something along those lines well he's got a he got a, a rather politically incorrect one in the large catechism which is probably why i like it so much but uh, when he's when he's talking about the third commandment, and um, and he makes this point, uh, where is it? Uh, um, here we go. He says that uh, God says that you must be, uh, for example, in church at all times, and this is. Or you must, you cannot blow off the holy day. That it is a day that is to be observed and practiced, you know. And he goes into this, and I got to tell you, there's a couple of people in my Bible study when we read that, they're like, what? And I was saying, you're right. Um, it is pointing out that, you know, we have this freedom in the gospel, but the freedom isn't to blow off the good things of God. The freedom is to throw off the shackles of the devil so anyway oh my goodness we are we are out of time so um as a reminder i will say that all of our podcasting is going to start being uploaded to youtube so if you're one of those kind of cats that likes to go over to youtube we'll we'll have just look for the lutheran stuff no drama youtube channel and I hope you guys have a happy Mother's Day, and uh, take us out, Zach. Hey, appreciate it. Great question, Chloe. Uh, it's uh, always a pleasure uh, discussing the scriptures with you, Pastor. And until next time, grace, everybody. Grace.